Today on CityCast Salt Lake, any Salt Lake realtor will tell you that the best time to snag a good home price is in the winter, when moving is more of a struggle and homes look less cute without foliage. But in a market this bananas, does it even matter anymore? Katie McKellar covers all things housing for the Deseret News, and today I'm asking her for a state of the state on buying and renting right now. It's Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Katie McKellar, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Hey, thanks for having me. Let's get right into it. What is Utah's housing market like right now, from your perspective? Because there's a lot of speculation. Oof. Well, I think to answer that question, we kind of need to look back to what's happened in the past, like even three years. Okay, let's Um, go there. But as far as what's going on right now, it's still horrible (laughs) from a buyer's standpoint. And honestly, it's getting trickier from a seller's standpoint. Um, Rewind uh, two, three years before the pandemic hit, we were already on a steady incline for our housing prices. We were getting more and more expensive, but kind of on a more steady pace. And then um, COVID hit and the pandemic housing frenzy started across the nation. The norm was, you know, dozens of offers on a home, maybe, you know, paying tens of thousands of dollars above asking price. It is still difficult to buy a home simply because so many people are priced out, but you're not seeing the same level of competition as you did maybe in 2021, early 2022. Yeah. I mean, I will say like I tried to buy a home in 2020. And it was one of those things where it was like, if I had been a couple weeks earlier, you know, I would have been able to do it. But I was just on the cusp of the boom. And it was so disillusioning. And from like a really, really novice perspective, like not really studying the market, it does feel like there's been a bit of a shift. My one of my friends, Kate, congratulations, Kate, she just bought a condo and she bought it for under asking, like just only slightly. Yeah. But still, that feels like a landmark. Right. Well, yeah, we are starting to see more uh, homes selling actually below asking price, but you got to put that into context, right? You know, home prices are still up 10% year over year this year, but we're starting to see this leveling out of sellers being like, okay, there's not enough demand because mortgage rates have been squeezing buyers so bad. Now they're actually adjusting to meet um, what's happening in the market. But in context, especially over the past two, three years, prices are still really high. And it's kind of tough to say how much, if at all, like they'll actually tip down. And if we'll, we'll see, you know, prices lower than what it was in 2019, I kind of have a hard time foreseeing that unless there's a huge shift in the, in the economy. Um, but what's unique about Utah's um, economy, I mean, we've got a really strong job economy. We're growing like crazy even before COVID hit and kind of put us on this map as a desirable location. So it's kind of hard to fathom, especially with, you know, our housing shortage. We, we had a huge housing boom, but we're still something like 30,000 units short. Um, so demand is still there. And, and um, that's in the as state far as the of shortage Utah? Goes. Yes, that that's is statewide. Okay. That's according to uh, Kempsey Gardner estimates. I'm like interested in this supply and demand problem because like it feels like every time you turn a corner in this city and in this state, there's housing being built. 
how like far out are we from that becoming impactful? A lot of homes are being built out here, but it's uh, we have to consider, you know, our housing shortage by Kempsey Gardner estimates was like something like 50,000. And over the past couple of years, so years or so, um, that home building did make an impact, make a dent and bring it down to about 31,000. So we are seeing it, but just the pace that the state has grown and, you know, demand for housing out here. And I mean, we have to consider how a lot of our growth is internal, like homegrown Utahns who were born here, who right. whose parents live here. It's simply, you know, not kept pace. And we still have a very serious housing shortage and that's helping keep prices high. Yeah. I think it's such an interesting point that so much of our growth is homegrown. I, I don't think we can say it enough because we love to blame Californians, like the mythical Californian <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you have to consider how big of a state California is. And yeah. they, I mean, it's Utah not, isn't even one of the top states that um, people from California are coming to. Yeah. Just consider its sheer population. And that kind of puts things into perspective. Right. Yeah, completely. You know, I'm a renter. And when we talk about the housing market, like the home buying market and the renting market are kind of, I don't know, kissing cousins or like their par mm -hmm. and partner. I feel like I know the answer to this question because I pay rent every month and I renew my lease every year and I'm like in it. But broadly speaking, what's the rental market like? How does this impact the rental market? Until recently, rents, rent increases were, you know, not as rapid as home price increases. But that's kind of changing because with the impact of the Fed's fight with inflation, the impact of higher mortgage rates, that's putting pressure on the housing market, which is turning enough, like, which is turning away more buyers, which is keeping more would-be buyers in the rental market. And what does that mean for the rental market? That means lower vacancy and more demand. And that means, you know, you know, landlords could have the opportunity to raise their rents and landlords are also dealing with inflation costs. So I would say what's happening with the market now is really not good news for the rental market, for renters. And, you know, you're, you're probably going to see uh, more, more rent price increases. And that's especially hard when you're a renter and be like, I'd love to buy right now. But with the mortgage rates, what they are right now and the home prices they are right now, we just can't afford it. And it traps you. You're trapped. Yeah. From my personal experience talking to people, it feels like one of the biggest hurdles is the savings. And of course, when the economy is pinching us, it's hard to save. But it's like it does in some ways feel a little bit like the before the pandemic times where I've got friends who are saying my mortgage estimate and my rent are looking really similar <laughs> at this right. point. But the biggest hurdle is the down payment. Like right. who's saving right now? That's just not happening. And if, you know, your income, um, you know, income levels have not kept pace with home price increases, the harder and harder it gets to try to save up. I wrote a story a while ago about um, millennials and the challenges they face as, the, the, you know, a lot of them are becoming like home buyer age right now, trying to start their own family and households. They even have their their parents, you know, trying to help them with down payments um, because they know like in the long term financially that that would help their their kids like be more stable. Mm -hmm. But obviously not all of us have parents that could help us <laughs> with down no. payments. Like that's crazy. And so it's it's really hard. Um, I was 22 when I bought my house in 2016 
And I thank my 22 year old self. I mean, as, at 22, who's that smart, you know, but I didn't really do it thinking it was going to be like a super smart financial decision. I just wanted stability. I didn't want to deal with rent increases. I wanted to have animals and a dog and not worry <laughs> about that. But if I would have waited five years, if I tried to buy even in 2020, I would have been totally screwed. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. This is definitely an issue where we are yearning for leadership, I think, in this state. And it feels like a crisis. But for me, like when I look up the hill at the legislature, I see a lot of landlords and I see a lot of developers. And I'm curious, like, are there policies that are on the table or that we need to address this crisis that we're either seeing come into play or we're not seeing at all yet? That question can be tricky. I mean, I wrote a story um, not that long ago of like chief economist at Zillow considers Zillow as like a real estate company. They point, they actually pointed at Utah for some of the policies that they they think are kind of leading the way and getting quote unquote getting out of the way of home builders. But I think it's more complicated than that. Housing also has a lot to do with local policies and like city zoning, and so. If there were one solution to this, um, we would have maybe found it by now, I think. Um, but it's it's something that I think has a lot to do with what our city's doing, what our home builders doing, and how do we, you know, allow the the market to do its thing, but also acknowledge when the market is out of whack. Right. <laughs> when do we intervene? Yeah. And so we we have seen in recent years, I think, more interest and more like uh, uh, action from lawmakers as far as like putting their money where their mouth is, as far as like uh, investing in affordable housing and homelessness. But it's still like not to the extent that even Governor Spencer Cox wanted. And so um, I would say attention to this issue is growing and like lawmakers are putting more investment toward addressing affordable housing but it's kind of years down the line. We've had this housing shortage for how long? And um, now we're seeing significant investment. It might be a little bit too little too late. So we might have to see what happens with the market and how bad this issue gets. And if, you know, lawmakers will step up, it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. We hear a lot in Salt Lake City from activists around housing whose talking point is really like, look, developers aren't going to save us. Like, and I think that seems to be pretty in conflict with the philosophy of the legislature, which is this is a free market. Let it do its thing. The 
the private sector will figure it out, will infuse here and there. Um, but the intervention feels like it still relies a lot on developer decision making and and the agreeability of developers. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, they, they might also look at the market and see as it's uh, correcting, you know, see, this is the market taking care of itself. But I mean, we'll have to see, like, if there are significant price corrections, will that be enough to actually uh, bring us to af- affordable levels or, um, you know, our incomes not keeping pace with those price increases? It's hard to say. Um, it is something to, to keep an eye on and, you know, talk to your um, lawmakers about. One, one thing that I thought was really interesting recently talking to Home Builders Association folks is um, this growing issue, which I think will become um, an increasingly important issue in Utah politics um, in coming years and even this year is they've, they've noticed a concerning number of candidates running on no growth platforms. So, you know, mixed into this whole conversation is um, Utah's uh, frustration with growth and nimbyism and what type of housing developments they want in their neighborhoods. If, if they're higher density, they're concerned about how that will impact the character of their neighborhoods. Is no growth the answer? I don't think it can be because our growth is already here. People had kids 20 years ago that are now trying to have to buy a home. It feels like the core political question is always like, are you more pissed about the current situation or the idea of it changing? <laughs> and right. People just like vote with their hearts. <laughs> and <that's>, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, not necessarily the best approach, but what does it look like to be on the other side of this housing crisis? Any ideas? I think it's really hard to say. I mean, I think we're, we are seeing some type of housing correction, but how far... Um, home prices could fall, I think, depends on your region and your area and the strength of the the economy. I think a lot of people hesitate to make predictions like that because, you know, we haven't been through something like this before and we might not be able to see that. I would just say, you know, if you have your home and you made that purchase, you're in a good spot. If for some reason housing prices correct to the point where you feel like you've lost equity, then you, then you just you weather the storm and you stay in your investment. At least you have a roof over your head and you have more control of your destiny versus a renter who doesn't have stability, is at the whims of a landlord, doesn't really have control over rent increases. You know, if you're trying to buy and it makes financial sense now and you can make it work, having the stability of a home is what really matters. So everyone needs to make these decisions based off of their own budget, their own finances and their own plans in life. And that's really as simple as it gets in a really complicated issue. Yeah. Katie McKellar, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. A little more housing news before we go. Are you familiar with the Maven District? It's that block of businesses on 9th South between 2nd East and State Street. It has a real girl boss energy, and I know it well because I'm a normal ice cream connoisseur and their brick and mortar is tucked in there. The folks behind that massive full block development are getting ready to do something similar on State Street in Liberty Wells. They've got a parcel of land ready for mixed-use businesses and housing near Calderi Sweets and Spices Market. I'm interested in basically anything that happens on State Street, 
Sometimes it feels like a bowling alley for cars, but it's also home to some of the best and most diverse businesses in the city. So it'd be great to see more walkability. Building Salt Lake has the story about the ever-expanding Maven footprint. And if you've never been on their site, you should check it out. And if you find yourself there a lot, consider becoming a member in support of their work. The CityCast Salt Lake team has a membership. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. Bye.